We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Soccer Show. I'm Adam Zedroik, joined by former Aston Villa goalkeeper, former Tottenham goalkeeper, and U.S. men's national team goalkeeper, Brad Friedel. Brad, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Adam. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We have we got the last day of the second stage of group stages in the World Cup today. I believe that Ghana just took out South Korea just before we got on here. But the World Cup in general, most of the teams have played two matches. We're about an hour after our show here, Brazil's about to take on uh, their second match without Neymar in this one. But what are your first impressions here from the World Cup, what we've seen from these first two matches? Any team that you're most impressed or surprised by early on here? Well, I'm, I'm surprised by the entire event on a whole. Um, I think uh, Spain has looked good. Um, I think France has looked good. I think Brazil looked really good, uh, especially attacking in the first game. And I think they'll carry that on in the group stages, even without Neymar. Um, uh, I thought Japan looked really good. If not for a goalkeeping mistake, um, they would they would have one foot in the uh, in the next mm-hmm. round and knock off the big one. With the one of the most impressive um, was uh, Croatia for me because they. They absolutely dismantled what was the best team in CONCACAF during qualifying, uh, which was Canada. And Canada has a lot of good players. And Canada outplayed Belgium. It's a very good side, player for player. Um, and after Croatia going a goal down, they, it, was, it was really like a, um, um, a, a senior team playing a U19 team. I, the passing and the movement, it was, was just superb to watch. And I don't mean that to demean Canada because I, I think they're very good. I think Herdman has done a great job with them, um, but I think they just came up against uh, one of the one of the class teams in this World Cup. Then you you move on the surprises. Uh, Morocco, uh, they look they look so much quicker than uh, Belgium, um, and Belgium hasn't quite figured out a way to get uh, one of the world's best players involved as much in De Bruyne. Um, so Morocco has, uh, has surprised me in that result today. Ghana, that surprised me. Youngest team in the tournament. And South Korea was one of my, one of my picks to surprise people. And, and um, 
you know, normally defensively really sound and then being able to counterattack. So basically this is just throwing up so many, um, so many strange permutations, like a European side in Serbia being up three, one, and then drawing three, three, that it, it doesn't normally happen. I, <laughs> right. I, I don't know if it's just because it's in the, uh, in the middle of the season and, um, you know, it's a different time of year. I, I, they didn't have time really to, uh, come together as, uh, you know, like three, four weeks before the event and really come together as squads. I'm not really sure, but, um, there's, there's some strange results going about. And then I may as well touch on the strangest of all the results in Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. Yes. Saudi Arabia, I guess, talking about teams that, so most of the teams in the world cup, they've, they've only had what a week maybe of training prior to the start of their matches, but Saudi Arabia and Qatar, those teams were training and playing friendlies for the past month. I, I, you know, I wonder if something that had something to do with Saudi Arabia actually winning that match. I know Argentina dominated it in the stats, but they got, they got two goals from their three shots, which was enough, but just going back to what you were saying about Belgium and Croatia. So those teams, they play each other in the in their third match here. What do you expect to see from that match? Because, I mean, Belgium need to win this one. Do you think Belgium can actually advance one of the favorites to win the World Cup beforehand? Now they may not even get out of the knockout, to the knockouts. Do you, what do you think is going to happen in that one? I, I mean, normally I, I would say that Belgium will get at least a draw in the game and it would be a really even contest what i've seen from the two teams is that croatia is just going to move the ball around too quick for belgium and um and belgian belgium for some reason have not figured out how to uh, have de bruyne and hazard look uh, look dynamic which they both are uh so it's it's been um uh it's been really strange to see. So um, the predicting of the games has been um, has been difficult. Uh, that be, you never know. The, the game Argentina, Argentina legitimately could have been five 0 up before Saudi Arabia had a shot on target, right. uh, and the one goal should have been allowed, I believe. Um, so it should have been two 0 for that game to then for Saudi Arabia to score. That wasn't you know that can happen in any football match, but then to go on and win and then hold and then keep them off the score sheet it's remarkable and that, that normally doesn't happen and maybe it is because these teams haven't had time together uh to, to gel that little bit more but um i think as the tournament goes on argentina is going to look stronger and stronger and stronger as they get more games under the belt france will look stronger as the uh, tournament goes on uh, spain will look stronger if germany can somehow get through uh they'll they'll look stronger as the tournament goes on so it's um It'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to watch how this how this all unfolds. Yeah, Argentina. I'm not sure what the odds were after they lost that first match, but I, I almost think that they're probably still favored to win their group because they have this. Their next match is against Poland, and Poland is at four points. They're top in Group C, and then Mexico and Saudi Arabia play each other. So that that'll be uh, an interesting one. I mean, it just. It was just kind of crazy because Argentina lost that first one against Saudi Arabia, so everyone's like, "Oh, something weird's gonna happen." But it still may be Argentina topping Group C there. Yeah, and if you're Poland, for instance, um, they they would have wanted Argentina, I think, to have beaten uh, Saudi Arabia because they would have um, they would have wanted not wanted Saudi Arabia on the three points. So it it makes mm-hmm. it I mean that it makes the uh, the group. 
the group uh, go down to the last game, which I don't think in a normal year that group probably wouldn't have gone down to the last game. I, right. I, don't, I don't think, you know, or the last game would have been more of a formality for one of the teams. But I guess the world of the world of football is getting smaller year by year and people are getting better. And, you know, it's great to see uh, it's great to see how well the African sides are doing um, in, in the tournament. And they've got some exciting players. I thought this tournament Ghana would just be a little bit too exper- inexperienced, but um, uh, I didn't I didn't see the the actual final what did it end up with the south korea i know they were two nil up three two south korea actually got two back, back and t- yep. Yep, tied it two right. two and then ghana got another one because uh, i think south korea overall is a better team but right but this tournament it, the, the better teams aren't always uh aren't always winning yeah it seemed like in the end of that match uh sun was getting kind of kind of winded there late uh just coming back from his the fracture near his eye uh and that kind of I don't know if it took away from South Korea a little bit, but once Ghana got that third goal, it was South Korea had to push a little bit. They just didn't get it. But USA time. So what do we think about what the USA has done? Have we, are they, could they be better? Could they be worse? Or is it, is it just right in the middle for their two matches? I mean, two draws. So one, one against Wales and then the scoreless draw against England. Uh, what are your just general thoughts here on how the USA have performed so far? I think they've played two really good halves, the second half against England and the, uh, the first half against Wales. And I think they had an, a, a more than above average showing in the first half of England. Um, and then I thought they were below average in uh, the second half against Wales. Um, overall, I think they've, they've done really well. Um, but right now they only have two points. Uh, my, let's go to, uh, I only have one real criticism, um, not criticism, one, uh, one sort of wish. I, I, I wish they would be on the score sheet more. Yeah. You know, because even as well as we played against England, you know, Haji Wright, uh, it was sort of non-existent in the box. Um, Josh Sargent in the first game, he had that chance uh, with the header. And other than that, not a lot of not a lot of chances. You know, Pulisic uh, hit the crossbar, but it's from an angle. You know, from outside, Timothy Way obviously finished his chance. And you know, the best chances are really coming like when Weston McKinney comes in the box late. And uh, you know, so that would be my only wish is that we could start getting more opportunities, good opportunities in uh, inside the box. And against Iran, I think we'll be presented with quite a with quite a few, but we're going to, they're going to always have a defender in their face because Carlos Quiroz will set them up defensively to then counter. And they did a number on Wales on the counter attack. And mm-hmm. even though they had, I think under 40% possession of the ball, they created over 20 chances to score. So that, that worries me a little bit that we're not creating a lot of uh, chances. What, what I've loved the, I thought Matt Turner was outstanding against uh, England. I thought he looked really confident, um, made one tremendous save down low to his rights at the end of the first half. I think Tyler Adams, uh, Weston McKinney, and Eunice Musa have looked really good in the, in the midfield. I would assume we'll go back to three uh, three in the middle and not do not play a 4-4-2. I, I, I'm assuming that was a, a tactical decision against England, which I think Greg should get a ton of credit for because it really threw... Um, 
through England for a loop because uh, Shaw and Trippier couldn't get forward like they normally would. Right. Um, and I, I thought that was I thought that was really uh, really smart. And I did not. Um, I've coached uh, Weston quite a bit, and wide on the right is not a place I would have uh, thought to play him. But but he did great, mm -hmm. uh, and and the tactic worked um, uh, worked really well. So. I think I really like what I, uh, Tim Ream has been, um, has been excellent. Um, and been, uh, you know, what was 34, 35 and looked 24, 25, uh, in fitness levels and looked really calm. I think Anthony Robinson and Dest have both looked really good going forward and, um, and, uh, solid defensively. So I've really liked that side of side of things. I just, I'd like to create a few more clear cut chances. I, I really do think we're missing, um, uh, that that number nine, um, you know, so far. Uh, but uh, but I, we've put ourselves in a position where it's in our own hands. We win and uh, we go through. Um, if you don't, obviously you uh, you go home. But um, if you have Wales and England to play in your first two games, and it's Iran in the third game, and they say it's in your hands, you know, before the tournament, it's in your hands. If you beat Iran, you go through. I think most people would take it. Right. Um, but. Iran's not a pushover. Mm -mm. So for that matchup, we're talking a little bit about formation and whatnot. But so we had to, we had the sergeant start, we had the Haji right start. Do you think that one of those guys starts, or Jesus Ferreira comes in, or I? This is what I think he should do: is maybe do like a false nine, maybe put a way up there, or just move like an Aronson, Brendan Aronson, into the starting eleven and take out the Haji right, take out the sergeant, kind of mix things up like that. Or what do you think they should do in this matchup? Because they're going to have majority possession again. Uh, like yeah. A, so yeah, go ahead. So a um, having a, uh, a a possibly if you do if you do play a four three three, which I think he. I think he probably will. I, I think you most definitely still need um, uh, Musa, Tyler Adam, Tyler Adams, and then Musa and uh, Weston McKinney. I think you know possibly in a game like this, um, e even even Christian up as a false nine with Aronson and and away it and play them a little bit more narrow. Um, because you're going to need players that are good, comfortable on the ball and be able to attack centrally um, at times against a team that's going to be sitting back. I, I, you know, getting the ball wide and only getting crosses in the box, I, I think, um, I think we'll, if that's all we're, we're going to do, I think that would be difficult to score on a team mm -hmm. that's, that's packing it in. Now, obviously, if you score early, it loosens them up and they have to come out and attack. The reason that I would still go with the three with with Tyler Musa and McKinney is because the transition is going to be so important in this game. Um, Osmond's a good player. Uh, John Botch is a good player. Tamari's a good player. They, these guys can score goals and they can they can counter. So you're going to want to be able to have really good transition in the center of midfield. So, um, you know, perhaps, you know, I don't think this is going to be a game where Iran has the ball and we need to counter. You know, the other player who's very good in tight spaces um, uh, with his feet is Giovanni Reina. So, you know, you have you have that option as well. And, you know, and he is he's only played a few minutes, so he's going to be he's going to be fully fresh. So, you know, perhaps you can um, do something along those lines as well. 
Right. It almost feels like why not just like play the best players instead of trying to force the sergeant, trying to force Wright in there, even though they are maybe more central strikers, maybe just play who, I don't know, the majority of people think are your best players. I mean, it's hard to argue Aronson's not one of the top players on the team. Rain is not one of the top players. And these guys struggling for minutes a little bit. I mean, I mean, I understand, you know, bringing Aronson off the bench, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think the comparison, uh, this USA Iran match isn't going to be like the England one. It's going to be more like the Wales one. So I guess the worry is what if the USA go up another goal? What if they're up 1-0? How do you think Berhalter is going to attack this? Because if they repeat what they did in the second half against Wales, it's, you know, it's a tricky slope there. So how do you think USA will attack that? If they go down a goal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on when in the in the match. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go down early, look at Croatia went down early yesterday. They changed nothing. Uh, you know, they just uh, – and I, I would assume Greg would, would choose nothing because he'd probably still um, think that the plan he chose is right. Just because an early goal goes in, it could be an individual error, it, it, you know, not a tactical – not a tactical issue. Um, as the game goes – as the game goes further, it's, it's an impossible question to answer because you have to see who's playing well for Iran, where they're causing you problems, where we would not be attacking enough. And then you would decide, you know, which of your players um, best, best suits what's, um, you know, what's in front of you. So it, it, I think that's, um, that's difficult to detect. I think the second half of the Wales, Wales game, um, they changed. We we didn't really have an answer for the for the change, and we definitely didn't make Wayne Hennessy work. Where looks like we lost. The, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're back. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so we didn't have uh, we didn't have an answer for that. So uh, I I would assume Greg's a Greg's a very progressive coach, mm-hmm. and he's a good coach, and he he'll. He'll throw something out there tactically that I, you know, I think he and the staff will, will think will work, provided certain players do certain things. So I, um, but I, I would imagine he knows um, that he's going to have more of the ball than Iran, you know. So I think he'll be putting a team together uh, for for that. So we just have to, we just have to make sure that the, you know, West Weston gets free some free space in the box, that Christian gets some free space in the box. Uh, if Reyna plays, that he does. Uh, Timmy Way, if he does. You know, these, these guys, we have to devise a plan in and around in the attacking third that we create chances more than we have them. Yeah. So how do you think this plays out? You're talking about maybe we should play through the middle a little more than, than focus on the crosses. So we know it's going to be... Well, both. Well, no, both. Like, you're going to have okay. to do... Yeah, you're going to have to do both. Like, the easiest thing to do if a team um, is compact it's easier to get the ball wide to put crosses in the mm-hmm. box. Um, but that's where they're going to have more numbers. My point is that you're going to have to put players in the game that are comfortable uh, collecting the ball with, with people around them in tight spaces and do quick one-twos and, and, and play in and around their attacking third so you can attack centrally and also attack from the wide areas. That's what I mean by that. Like, right. So... Um, Against England, it was predominantly counterattacking and and getting the ball in wider areas and going because Trippier and Shaw would try to go forward, and that's where the spaces would present themselves. 
Whereas against Iran, the, their fullbacks might never, or wingbacks may never go forward. We don't know. We don't know yet. And if they don't go forward, then the space you know, might be limited at times wide. So you're going to have to put players in that are comfortable playing in uh, you know, like a, uh, uh, like a, a Phil Foden type. You know, I thought they should have put him, I thought right. they should have put him in against us because of how we lined up because he's comfortable on the ball in the, in the tighter spaces. You didn't uh, like the Jordan Henderson substitution. Oh, I don't I, All those players are good. <laughs> but, by the way, I'm not, I, I don't, all those players are very, very good. I just thought we had the answer for that type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if Phil Foden had played, we would have really struggled um, because everyone struggles against him. Yeah, and and he's used to playing against teams that are compact in the middle, um, playing with uh, Man City, and he's also used to passing the ball at tight spaces all the time. That's that was my point. I think mm-hmm. every single I, every player on England squad's a good player. Definitely. Um, you know, so I'm not, and Jordan Henderson's had a great career and, you know, but I was, I was more pleased when I saw that substitution as opposed to Foden come, coming on. That, that mm-hmm. That's more my, more my point. If they had Grealish and Foden at the time, on yeah. the pitch, then I, I think they may have carved, we still could have gotten the result, but I think they would have carved out a few more chances. Right. And, and with that, with the USA, I kind of think that that fits right into Aronson, just playing in, in tight spaces and, and working with the ball, doing one-twos. I think that's Aronson's game, is it not? I mean, he, he's a speedy yep. player. He's good on the ball. Seems like he should start, but at, at the least come on for, you know, the last 20, 30 minutes. So. No, I think, I, I think um, you're probably on to something there with what Greg's thinking. I, you know, it, it, it's a... Uh... It's an interesting call to go into a game, a must-win game, without a natural nine. It's it, it, keep. That's you know, now Spain's going to be doing it all tournament, right? Well, I guess Murata. Murata, right, right. He, yeah, but you know they they seem to be starting from the get-go without an out-and-out number nine. So, um, in the in a must-win, it'll be interesting to see if Craig does that. Right, yeah, the weird thing about this matchup is like it almost seems like USA is better at every position but the number nine because Teremy and Asmund are arguably better than any number nine the USA have. So uh, that is an intriguing thing to look at for this game. So are you projecting the USA to win this game? I guess I'll just ask that question. Um, yeah, I, I, I do now, and I think, um, I think if we played Iran ten times, you know, we, we would come out uh, – winners more times than not um I, i'm obvious i'm far uh, i'm far far better trying to predict you know <laughs> saying that i'm predicting that the u.s will win this one than i was yeah. against england but then you know u.s could have beaten england as well um so yes i think i think we will win um i, I just don't think it's going to be easy um and this game this game in wales uh, worried me far more than the england game um, when the group came out. Now, whether we won or lost against England, um, it, you know, you can always lose to them because they have such good players. But I was not worried about the, men- the mental state of the players going into that game because mm-hmm. it's, pretty, it's pretty easy to get fired up to play England. Um, but when we, historically, when we go into games where we're supposed to win or all of a sudden turn out to be the favorites, uh, we haven't, we haven't uh, performed that well. So um, I'm hoping that that tag is uh, not with us because I think player for player, 
pretty much everywhere on the field were better. Right. All right. So USA, England's other match is against Wales. Those teams play against each other. If USA win, I mean, it's kind of assumed that if USA win, they would finish second in the group, whereas England would be tops of the group. That's kind of what it's looking at. So if that's the case, and then in group A, it would be Netherlands play Qatar, and it's assumed, it's projected that Netherlands are going to finish top of that group. Uh, they're, they're already on four points there. So if that happens, USA would play Netherlands in the first round of knockout stages. If that happens, I mean, I know this is getting forward, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because we still got to beat Iran and everything. So that matchup, what do you think USA's chances are in a game like that? I would rather play against um, Netherlands than Ecuador or okay. Senegal. You know, I, I think um, I think we I think Holland will try to keep the ball and possess the ball. They're not going to change their style um, for anybody. It doesn't matter. They might change tactically a little bit, but I, how Louis, Louis Van Hall's teams have played similar for a long, long time. Um, and I think when they're in possession, if we win the ball in the midfield, we can really do hurt them on the counterattack because mm-hmm. they will send players forward. Um, and I think that that is where, um, whether it's a sergeant or a Haji Wright or even Ferreira can really uh, have some open space to run into Timmy Weah, Gio Reyna, um, uh, Christian Pulisic. I, th- I think we can, and Weston McKinney breaking out of the midfield. I think we can, um, I think we can cause them some issues. Yes, they have, they have good players. I'm not saying that they can score on us too. Um, but, uh, I, I would rather play them than the Senegal team. Cause I think when one of our strengths is athleticism and I think the Sen- the Senegal team and the Ecuadorian team, they, they can, can match, match that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. I mean, I don't know if the USA is is underrated on a national stage. It, it's just like if we if the USA got just a few more chances, what you're saying earlier, a few more chances in these matches and and getting maybe one or two more goals, like otherwise the rest of their team is playing really well. And I mean, even this Netherlands matchup, like I don't think Netherlands would be that much just technically or skill or better than the USA uh, but I mean that's not how the majority of the world would view that matchup but it, it almost seems like we're going under the radar because the goals aren't coming for the USA but if the goals start coming like I mean there's there's not many teams in the world that are better I'd say no because you you go individually um Timmy Weah you know as promising as any other young player in on another on a, at another country mm-hmm. Christian Christian Pulisic can arguably get into most teams um, around the world. Wes McKinney definitely can. Tyler Adams would put his hat in the ring for most of them. So would Musa. Um, Tim, Tim Ream right now, if you look at a lot of other defenders around um, center backs in the World Cup, uh, he, he, would, he would be performing for those. Anthony Robinson. So if you put him up against Luke Shaw, like who would you pick to coin toss? You know, you, you wouldn't say that Luke Shaw is better than Robinson, maybe not say Robinson's better. They might be equal, mm-hmm. but it, they're, they're right up there. Um, uh, Serginio Dest with his age, you know, I would say if Kyle Walker was fit, Kyle's probably better, but it's based on the experience. Um, but, you know, Serginio Dest can hold his own. 
you know, we have Matt Turner. He's as good a shot stopper as there is in the tournament. Um, but this is his first tournament. He's a bit inexperienced. You saw in the first game, you know, a little bit nervous, a couple of nervous moments. But then in the England game, he, he, he did not put one one foot wrong. You know, and so, uh, so yeah, we have, we have a, a good team. I, I You know, I, hindsight's, a, hindsight's an easy thing and mm-hmm. to, to use. And in the back of my mind with the number nines, you know, you have two, two strikers. One wasn't, wasn't uh, firing, of course, but uh, Jordan Pipo. And the other one with Brandon Vasquez, who was scoring time and time again. And Brandon's a different, a different look. You know, he's six foot, six foot two, six foot three, can hold yeah. the ball. And, um, you know, so who knows? People, we can debate that all day long. We have the squad that we have. And, um, you know, let's hope that we can create the chances needed against Iran. Yeah. All right. Before you go, do you have a final? What team do you think is going to win it all here? We got, we talked a little bit about France, Spain, Brazil, Argentina's in the conversation. Is it still. Those top teams we we projected before the tournament, all the favorites before the tournament, is that kind of who you think are going to win the World Cup? Yeah, I think I think the likes of your Moroccos and um, your South Korea, if they get through, Japan, if they get through, even the United States, if we get through, we'll, we'll get to a we'll Certain get to point. a limit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get to a limit. The quarterfinals, semifinals, depend, depending on. Um, who you get drawn against? I think uh, Croatia. Let's see how Portugal looks again. But Brazil, Argentina, France—they um, look so strong. Even right. Germany, Spain—they they look a different, um, a different level uh, than than everyone else. I, I I predicted that Argentina would start a little bit slowly, um, but I put them as my uh, as the World Cup winner. Uh, they're 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 really really good, as you know. Um, and when you have a when you have a player like Messi, um, his last World Cup, and uh, you know perhaps it's written in the stars already. Who knows? We we saw what the what the goal meant to him, what even the assist meant to him in that last game. So definitely Argentina are on there. All right, one last question. I got to get a final score prediction for this USA Iran match. Uh, I don't know if you do score predictions, exact score predictions, but you got oh. anything for us? Yeah, I'll go 2-0 to the U.S. 2-0. All right, there we go. we got a Matt Turner clean sheet, another clean sheet. Uh, Pulisic goal, who, who are we going with? Aronson? Aronson goal? Um, I'm going to go McKinney with one. Okay. And I'm going uh, to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Dest as one. Dest, okay. That's a, that's a different one. All right, I like it. All right, Brad, Brad Friedel... Coming on the Rotowire Soccer Show. Thanks for joining us today, and hopefully the USA can get that win and advance the knockouts. But Brad, thanks a lot. Thanks, Adam. Let's hope so. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.